Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Week two of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game to receive $150 in free bets instantly. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sports app now and use promo code BESTDAM to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code BESTDAM this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to another edition of the Papa Bank Show presented by DraftKings. Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. And we're getting you ready for week three of the NFL season. Some interesting matchups. The marquee matchup, obviously, is the Rams playing host to the Tom Brady Super Bowl champion Buccaneers who are going to be without Antonio Brown. JPP's got a shoulder injury. We'll get into some of that stuff a little bit later on. And Carl, I know you always have something you want to get off your chest this week. You got something juicy? You know I, not, nothing juicy other than just the instant analysis of all the quarterbacks around the league. You know, you had Jameis Winston, who everybody thought, oh, my God, he is he is just lighting it up. And Aaron Rodgers, who should retire because he stunk it up his first game. And they were the tale of two quarterbacks in their second game of the season. Um, I just, it's, it's annoying right now. And I get it because this is the new format for uh, the talking TV heads to just kind of overreact to everything just to create a fan reaction. And actually I'm reacting right now too, but it's just so, so dumb. Like, you know, one game in, in the league or two games in, in, in the NFL, it does not make your season. You know, and, you know, you want to pick a Super Bowl winner now and everybody's saying, well, Tampa's ready to go. And, you know, Baltimore couldn't do anything because they lost their entire backfield and they only showed up, you know, to to win a football game or to give themselves a chance to win a football game. And this is, you know, I I just it's, it's making me like nuts right now because this is where we are. You got a bunch of smart people that show up on TV and say things that are contrary to some of the things they believe for the sake of ratings. And I get it. It's a business model now, but, you know, to kind of get real football talk is, is kind of rare and it's far and in between um, because, you know, ratings are what sell, not real sober football talk. And, um, 
it's just, it is what it is. But you know, I, I I like when I get a guy like a Dan Orlovsky who can break down something and talk. But I'm not the audience anymore. I know I've pretty much aged out of of morning talk show TV uh, <laughs> because it's all hyper reactive and nothing based in in reality, and they can find some obscure stat to make a case for something. And there's some really smart guys on TV, but they just have to play the game. And it's it's cool, but I just had to vent that. And then, you know, my second vent, man, is these freaking officials. I, I you know, the, last week was not a good week for officiating. No, over 200 you know, penalties and, called. Yeah, First time it, ever. It I mean, was I think- not a good week. It was not a good week. And, you know, I'm on the fence on this whole taunting thing. Um, I don't think anything that we've seen outside of the kid in the Pittsburgh game spitting in another man's face, which is- Which has never been allowed. Never been allowed. But you got, you know, the Tampa Bay defensive back gets a pick six. He turns around and backpedals, doesn't even look at his opponent and the flag comes out. He just backpedals into the end zone. It's talk. Who did he talk? Right. Um, I don't mind trash talk. I don't mind a guy talking a little bit to another guy as long as they're not button heads and pushing each other. Look, I, you know, and I get you want to err on the, the extreme side to see if you can tap it down, but you're really making the game about officiating. And then you had the, uh, and it's moot. Uh, the Russell Wilson safety that wasn't called at the end of their yeah, 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 that had your that had they your call. Listen, they call forward progress when his immediate progress was to retreat back into the end zone. He never went forward. So at what point do you mark forward progress and he's going backwards in the first contact that he had was in the end zone? It wasn't like he was contacted at the one yard line and then fell back into the end zone. He didn't get touched until he went into the end zone. And here's the thing, Bob, because we're down this rabbit hole now. Uh, The league has fully embraced sports betting, gambling, right? Yeah. So the purist in me would never allow myself to believe that any of these calls are based on, you know, the the numbers and the point spreads and all of these things. But there are people out there that are now betting a lot of money that are gonna always question the integrity of some of these calls because they're betting money on it. Like I'm gonna say it's human error and I'm gonna say officials need to get better, but I'm just telling you, you go down this rabbit hole now, they're in it, right? So you're gonna, they're gonna be taking criticisms that they normally wouldn't because of the amount of penalties being called that are impacting games that should not. Like the amount of taunting penalties that were called um, last week was just, it was way over the top. The missed calls and the inconsistency. So if you're gonna call it one way, at least you know that the officials are going to call it a certain way. Don't wait till later in the game to call it a different way, right? Or if you look at the, uh, and, and you can say, people say, well, 
you know, and it, it, the Giants had so many opportunities to win a game. Yes, but I've never been taught in any sport that I ever played not to play into the final whistle. So if a game is 60 minutes and there's still a chance and the kicker on the other team misses the kick, why are you calling an offsides when it wasn't? And why couldn't that call? I thought all scoring plays were reviewable. Why wasn't that? that well, because he didn't score. Because, they didn't score. So it's not reviewable. Right. But. Well, this is, it, it, we're getting to a bigger issue here. We're getting to a bigger issue here. It is time for the league to use the eye in the sky. To yes. help create some of this stuff. You got they, the technology. They, don't they have this, this so-called fail-safe Supposedly, mechanism but, now where an official can buzz down and say, no, 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 or yes, yes, yes? It seems, they, to be a sli- they, it seems to be a sliding scale of when it's used and when it's not. Exactly. But in something like that, a game-deciding play, it's worth taking a look at that because when you – Play those replays back from all the angles. Dexter Lawrence was not off sides in that giant. Uh, Washington he actually game. timed it perfectly. He, he timed it perfectly, and you can look at it. And if they took a look at that, they would say game over. Um, it was a game deciding play that you gave the other team an opportunity. Sure, yeah, you can say people say it, and it's true. But both can be true. The Giants had multiple chances to win that game. That is a known fact, right? But if you're playing all 60 minutes of that game and there's still another chance, they were robbed of that opportunity one last time. And that doesn't make it um, justifiable for all the things that they did, but they don't deserve to lose a game on a bad call. Yeah, you don't leave it, you say, ah, don't leave it in the referee's hands, right? Well, you play 60 minutes, right? And you play into that final clock. And if that opportunity presents itself for you to win a game, that's your win. That shouldn't be taken away. I want to get back to the taunting thing in a second and a misconception about it. I also have a little bit of a thing that's pissing me off, but I want want to get to a little business here because week two of the season is in the books and it's time to review the tape. Get ready for week three, which began on Thursday night with the Panthers going on the road and beating the Texans with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action pack week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly. That's a buck fifty instantly when they bet. So all you got to do is $1 on any football game. You don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a bet of $1 on any game and receive $150 in free bets instantly. Sportsbook is not yet available in your state. DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BESTDAMN. And you receive $150 in free bets when you place $1 bet on any game this weekend. Promo code again is BESTDAM. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NFL. Now, you got to be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. 
Minimum $5 deposit and a dollar wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, this taunting penalty, Carl. This uh, emphasis on taunting. So there is a perception out there that is not necessarily reality. So the perception is, yeah, the owners are a bunch of old guys and they want to get the taunting thing out of the game because it's generational and all this other stuff. Now, remember, just a couple of years ago, they allowed increased celebration. Sure. Remember they? Okay. So just think about this. This was brought to the competition committee by the coaches subcommittee. Okay. Now here's who's on the coaches subcommittee. Sean McDermott. He's not really old. Sean McVay. He's not really old. Kyle Shanahan. He's not really old. Mike Zimmer. He's on the older side. John Harbaugh. He's on the older side, but he's, uh, let's just say, I would say he's kind of like a player's coach. Uh, Andy Reid obviously is on an older side and Brian Flores. So it's not like a bunch of just old dudes sat there and said, Oh, we don't like this stuff anymore. There must've been a reason why the coaches sub, there must've been something that the coaches subcommittee saw that was becoming a little alarming to them for them to bring this to the competition committee, which by the way, on the competition committee, you got guys like Mike Tomlin on the competition committee. So, uh, you got Mike Tomlin, Ron Rivera, Mike Vrabel. He's a younger guy. Frank Reich. He's not ancient. So, but listen, I'm not crazy about the taunting thing as I adjust my chair, but let's just put it in context of who actually brought this to the competition committee and then who mm-hmm. in the competition committee approved it. That's my, yeah, that's my I, listen. thing. Facts. I, I hate facts. People hate facts. Yeah. Well, I, I think there ha- it has to be modified. Let's just put it that way. Because it's on the extreme right now. And, you know, we got Barry Sanders versus Billy White Shoes Johnson right now. You know, a guy that hands the ball and another guy. Or Barry Sanders versus... Um, Lamar Jackson, who flipped in the end zone, uh, I would yeah. be more pissed And then about hurt that. his hip. Yeah. He, but he I would was limited in practice pissed. the other day because he hurt his hip. Yeah, well, there you go. But as a defensive player, I would feel like that was rubbing in my face more so than a guy who chirps a little bit, right? Guy who, you know, gets a naked boot and he just flips into the end zone. It's kind of like... Um, that, that rubs it in a little more uh, for me, more so than the guy who's, it's, you know, talking is a part of the sport. I am not pro bullshit, you know, trash talk where you all up in somebody's face. But if you can, you know, you get one on a guy and you just want to let him know about it, that's fine. You know, but yeah, I get, you know, the, the blatant stuff. But if a guy backs into the end zone, he's not waving bye-bye and, all of that stuff, it's fine. It, 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 it really is to me. You know, you've got you've to kind of thread the needle on what's entertainment and what's taunting. 
you know, some of the stuff is entertaining. You know, if you want to make it about the game, that's fine. But don't take it away from the guys who actually make it about the game, meaning the players. The players are the product. Um, the game is a byproduct of its of, of the people that participate in it. Or I yeah, should I mean, say the entertainment aspect is a byproduct of the of the actual players that are doing it. So, and I agree with you. I mean, hopefully they figure out a happy medium here. I like a nice little celebration. As long as you're not celebrating in somebody else's face that you just beat or whatever, and you're celebrating with yeah. your teammates and you got a little something going on, I like it. Um, you know, it's fun. I mean, as, we, as we read... All the trash talk that Larry Bird. Ooh, this, the greatest a, trash talker ever. Yeah, there, there's been an article for the last, every day for the last two weeks about somebody who fell victim to Larry Bird's trash talk. He's the man. And he was awesome yeah. at it. Uh, all right, so here's another thing, another thing that's annoying me. The perception of Thursday night football. So, all right, I'm a little biased. I'm a little protective of Thursday Night Football because I called the game for NFL Network for three years. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Thursday Night Football. But there's when, like, so you got Christian McCaffrey injured his tamstring in the game on Thursday night. And J.C. Horn is going to be out a couple of months after suffering a broken bone in his foot. So this morning on my radio show, on Sirius XM NFL radio and some other things that I was listening to before we went on the air, I heard some people make these wise comments about, well, you know, the, the league doesn't care about player safety, you know, you Thursday night and see these injuries. Blah, blah, blah. Now I'm not saying that, you know, a short week is the best thing for player safety, but let's not every time someone gets hurt, we blame it on Thursday because then How did Tua get hurt last week? How did Big Ben get hurt last week? How did Tyrod Taylor get hurt last week? How did Chubb wind up getting re-injured? Big Ben and his left pack, Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, uh, and the other injuries that happened last week. It wasn't a short week, Carl. Sublex's shoulder. By the way, Um, but they got hurt. It wasn't a short week. Last time I checked, all those games were on Sunday. Well, how football, about this one? Football's a dangerous sport. Yeah, how about this one? The rash of injuries that happened to the Baltimore Ravens in one week all happened in practice. Non-contact, by the way. Two of the, the non-contact. Two of the last two injuries were non-contact. Right. And so which leads me into another pet peeve I have because he's the, the spin master is the union will probably use these instances to bring up another issue about practice and uh, the the workload of football players and what they shouldn't be doing because they'll point to, we see, you know, we had X amount of injuries on Thursday night, which means you got to give the guys off another four days uh, before a game or after a game and they can only have walkthroughs in practice if they have a Thursday game, not trusting that 
they ain't doing crap anyway um, the week that leads into a Thursday game. It's all walkthrough. The whole week's a walkthrough. There's going to be some spin uh, from the players. So, and I'm not, again, I'm not anti-players association, but they bullshit more than anybody on the earth. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, yeah. Their injuries happen in football games. It's a violent sport. It just happened yeah. that this was on a Thursday. And how come the same people that rail against Thursday night football? I don't hear anybody ever complain about Thanksgiving football. No one's ever complained. Oh, they got to play on Thursday this week. You know, no, it's always we're excited to play on Thanksgiving. Well, the last yeah. time I checked, Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. And by the way, six teams have to play on Thanksgiving. You got three games every year one. on Thanksgiving as opposed yeah, to one. one. Then it was two. Now it's three. Right. So explain how come no one complains about having to play on Thursday? Like what is Thanksgiving a magical Thursday? Like that doesn't, it's not the same gripe as the right. other Thursdays. I don't get it. I don't get it. So let's uh, let the game on Thursday night, Carolina wins. Sam Darnold's three and zero. McCaffrey gets hurt. Horn gets hurt. Houston played hard. Do you, do, are you buying into Carolina? To the extent that um, you should, they're winning the games that they should win. Um, I said it last night on my Twitter feed. Sam Darnold is a born again quarterback. I mean, he looks just so much more confident in his approach to the game. He seems to be enjoying football. It doesn't seem to be a task for him every single down. I mean, look, yeah. he's got receivers. He's and still a running got a lot back. to improve. Yeah, he's, but he's still got a lot to improve on. He carries the ball low in the pocket. He got it knocked out of his hands a few times. But just the way he's operating as a quarterback just tells me he's so relieved to be in a system that will allow him to play, and he feels great about his skill set. Um, he just he just looked more comfortable moving around. It doesn't elevate him to a top five quarterback in the league. But it, 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 it gives you some insight into what bad coaching can do to a quarterback with ability. Because he's in there now with better coaching, and he's, he just looks more confident in everything he does. Uh, the news from today is that, <laughs> as of Friday, is that Carson Wentz may actually be able to play in this game at Tennessee. Now, Tennessee had to come from behind last week. Great finish. You we talked about you talked a little bit about uh, sort of the way that whole game played out, but it was a great comeback by Tennessee. Um, Indies, they got to try to avoid zero and three. Um, I still like Tennessee in this game. I, I really because you know what? Here's the other thing: I have no confidence that Carson Wentz, even if he does start, will finish the game. Yeah, uh, and it's it you know. Indy's problems are, they're a little more than the quarterback, but the quarterback play amplifies that, but he's getting beat up. I mean, Carson Wentz is, their, their offensive line, he, their, Wentz has taken a lot of hits. I don't know how many over the last two games, but he's been hit a lot, right? Um, defensively, they are not what I thought they, what I expected them to be. I expected them to be a lot better defensively. So again, we're, we're three weeks in, 
I think they're going to get better. I don't know how much better the quarterback play is going to be, but I think defensively they'll be a better uh, football team, which should help Carson Wentz. Um, but to your point, if Wentz shows up, which one shows up, and then will he finish the game? And, you know, if he's dealing with two ankle, in, two ankle issues, um, will that be a problem for him? Will he think about that? I'm sure he's going to be thinking about it. Justin Fields gets his first start. Uh, but I want to ask you a little bit about the other side of the ball first. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., according to reports, uh, he's off the injury report. Uh, he did an interview this week where he said, look, I'm going to work on my timeline. There's too many times in my, the past part of my career where I pushed to get on the field and it wasn't the best thing for me. Landry's not playing. He's going to be out for a while. They got those three awesome tight ends in Cleveland. Um, you know Odell a little bit from his time with the Giants. Um, pretty passionate guy. Just talk a little bit about having him back in the lineup and for him to overcome uh, sort of that tentative thing that we've talked about is regarding Saquon Barkley. Odell got hurt October 25th of last year in Cincinnati with the torn ACL, but he's going to give it a go against the Bears this week. What, what, what can we expect, in your opinion, out of Odell? Um, he's going to give you everything he has. I think it's in the Browns' best interest to allow him to work on the timeline that he, he wants to in terms of where he feels comfortable. Because when Odell Beckham is healthy, there are very few that are better than him. Um, but you, you know, he's a tough kid. So he'll fight through anything and he won't complain overtly, but you could tell by body language if it's not working well for him. And the only thing he ever wants to be is the best player on the football field. And there will never be a perfect situation for him, but he wants to get as close as possible to being perfect. And so with coming back from a knee injury, um, I would, you know, I would, to the best I could as a coach and training staff, try to work on a timeline where his mental confidence is where it should be. If he goes out there and limps around, he's going to limp around at 100% think he can do something. And it's only going to set him back. But we know he's beyond limping. But this just from a confidence standpoint and being able to do everything that he feels he should, it's worth it to me. And I know he's, you know, people think he's a, he's a burden on your team and he takes away from so much. He gives you so much. And I, I just, I'm partial um, and biased admittedly, but I just think a healthy Odell Beckham makes your team so much better. You think they win the game this week? I mean, I, Fields yeah. has got to be better than he was last week for Chicago, but he's yeah, still he'll be looking. better, but they're going to, the, the Browns are going to win the game because they're a better football team. And um, Stefanski is not a one trick pony. He he'll adjust his offense because he knows if there's healthy parts of his offense that can be productive, and that being the tight end position, he's going to make sure those guys factor in. It may not be as wide open, but they're a play-action team anyway. They're a movement offense. 
and a power run team. So they'll be able to get their tight ends open and, and focus a little more on them if need be out of yeah. the play action. Yeah, I like the Browns to win this. I still think the Browns are going to win the AFC North, barring severe injuries, obviously, to the yeah. quarterback. Um, speaking of the North, the Bengals are taking on the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I want to get into a theme here, too, as we look at this game, and, and, it, and it speaks to a bunch of other games. Uh, we have some teams playing this week, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, who lost at home last week um, after going on the road and winning in week one in Buffalo. You got the Steelers. Uh, you got the Titans. We talked about playing the Colts. Um, who else do we have here? We have the Patriots. That's another team that like pressure point. Buffalo against Washington is another little pressure point game that I'm looking at here. Uh, those teams uh, that I mentioned, you know, all lost their first home game. And yeah. the one you can't go 0-2 at home, right? I mean, you know, you play one well, at home, well, one let, on let, the road. Yes, you can. You can go 0-2 at home. You don't want to go 0-2 at home. But there are some good teams that are 0-2 um, that, that you know are going to get better. Obviously, they have to catch up a bit. But the way this season is going, you throw kind of the, the – the tendencies of no team has ever done X when they've been this record. It's just, it, there are just too many injuries in the league now. And, you know, the amount of quarterbacks that were injured by week two of this season is, I don't know if it's unprecedented, but it is, it's, it's not common. It's not common when you've got starting quarterbacks who are gonna miss the third game of the season or limp into a third game of the season that is just not common. So I don't think this, you know, teams that have never made the playoffs when they went X record. I just think it's too early to say it because some of these teams are going to get on a run and they're just going to just walk into the playoffs. And the injury bug is a factor more than any other season I've seen it at the quarterback position. It's just, just look at the amount of quarterbacks in two weeks. You got what five? Mm. It's not good. Five. That's not good. So you never know. But as it as it relates to Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, here's the one thing I know about the Pittsburgh Steelers: they can win an ugly game. They will call on a special teams play. They will call on something to win. They can win an ugly game. So if you're Cincinnati and you feel good about your chances, I'm going to tell you this, don't make a lot of mistakes because you'll find yourself, you know, uh, one field goal up and all of a sudden you'll, you'll find yourself four points down because Pittsburgh knows how to win an ugly game. And the only way you beat Pittsburgh is that you, you jump on them from start to finish and you don't make a lot of mistakes. You've got to make Pittsburgh play down to the status of their 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 health chart. If you if you go in there and you say, well, Pittsburgh's injured and Ben's this and Ben's that, Ben'll make a play. Um, you got to make sure you don't allow them to get going in anything because 
you talk about 60 minutes of football, you look at Pittsburgh's first game. It was 60 minutes. They just yeah. figured well, they, it out. Well, they won in Buffalo exactly the way you just described it. They yeah. found a way to get control of the game when it looked like things were going Buffalo's way. Yeah, I mean, in, in Buffalo, just kept lollygagging around and letting Pittsburgh hang around, and you get it within, you know, a field goal, or you're up a field goal, and all of a sudden, Pittsburgh scores. Now you're down four with no time left. They figure it out. So if Pittsburgh's not very good, you better jump on them early, and you better stay consistent for 60 minutes because that's the one thing Tomlin does with the Pittsburgh Steelers is no matter what the circumstances, the theory of there is a path to victory if you're willing to do the things necessary. They subscribe to that no matter what their roster looks like. Pittsburgh is one, has not lost back-to-back home games since 2018. The Bengals have lost five in a row in Pittsburgh. I expect Pittsburgh to win the game. A couple other ones I want to hit, Jan. Uh, all right, the Chiefs are coming off that loss to Baltimore. I thought Mahomes' interception where he just kind of flinged it kind of gave Baltimore some momentum. And then, look, uh, Hilaire Edwards fumbles the ball away, and um, that turning point of the ball game, and then obviously Baltimore converts it. Here's the thing about the Chargers. Justin Herbert has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. But they're not scoring points. You know, they only scored 20 in the game against Washington. And although they moved the ball in the Cowboys, they're not getting into the 30s. They're not scoring a ton of points. I think that's a big problem for them this week because Kansas City scores points. Kansas City scores points. Um, the Chargers are capable. Now, they got to turn their wide receivers loose is what they got to do. Um, and he can't – Gordon can't make these boneheads. Now, he, he got called for a taunting justifiably – in the Cowboys game, after a big play, they shot themselves in the foot. And that's the biggest problem with the, the LA Chargers, as I see it, Bob, is that they have these self-inflicting wounds on a lot of their successful drives. Like they'll get a first down and end up starting where they were third and long. You know, uh, Dude, how about this? How about this growing. stat? Their average scoring drive this year is they're the only team in the NFL whose average scoring drive is 10 plays or more. In other words, so they do exactly what you're saying. They move the ball, self-inflicted wound. You know, when you have to go on 10-play drives all the time or more to score, eventually you're going to make a mistake, right? Yeah. Yeah, those 10-play drives are only good when you're up and you need to kill clock. You know, when you got to earn it, it's not good for you, but they, they can't get out of their own way. <clears throat> and the thing about Kansas City, it's, it's they're so good, they're boring at how they do it. They just make it look so easy. And it's just like, wow, can somebody even contest these guys? It's just like watching a video game where you're just, the other team is just so inferior. And you're just kind of like this with your controller. Oh, another score, another score. When is this going to be over with? They got to be challenged. They, they, you've got to challenge them and challenge Andy Reid to come out of his bag. But if you're just letting them go on cruise control, and you can just see it 
even in the Baltimore game, both of those teams were just, nobody could stop anybody. And you got to be able <clears throat> to really present some problems to them where Andy Reid has really got to go into his bag and call, do some play calling. Because right now, whatever they script out is, is how they see it. It's how they run it. All right, let's get to uh, some of these marquee games here. I mean, obviously the Bucks and the Rams. Rams beat them last year. Uh, Antonio Brown's not going to be available. Not, not that it doesn't mean that Tom Brady doesn't have a zillion weapons. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm not saying this is an ups. I just think in my gut right now, I feel like the Rams are winning this game. I feel I like agree. they're winning the game. I agree. Here's the reason why. Um, the Rams are healthier on defense. And when you attack, now this is something that the, the Buccaneers have always been susceptible to because it's just the style they play. You can get, you can hit some plays on. It's just a matter of how consistent you can be in hitting those plays down the field because they match up all the time. A lot of zero coverage. Uh, their defensive backfield is, is, on the mass unit right now. So you can hit some plays on them. Um, and it's not going to be so easy against the back end of the Rams defense for Tom Brady. Now, Tom will always give them a chance to win, but you know, they have a defense in LA that will constantly keep pressure on. Them. Yeah. I like the Rams to win this game. Now I don't think it's going to mean that much. And even if it means home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and we're a long way away from that, I mean, Brady has proven time and time again that he can win a playoff game on the road like he did the NFC Championship game last yeah. year in Green Bay. Uh, the Dolphins got smoked last week. Tua gets hurt. Now, they have Jacoby Brissett, which is a very valuable piece of the puzzle to have if your guy goes down. Um I got this feeling though that the Raiders are or are are better than maybe they're getting credit for. Um, even though Miami's won seven of their last eight against Las Vegas, it's not like they play every year. I feel like the Raiders are winning this game this week. This is the one the Raiders trip up on. Oh, here's here's the reason why. You're probably right. Um. And this is, I'm going to say it, the Raiders are good at bad football. <laughs> well, just look at the They're way their really game ended look last at, look week. At the, look at the last two games they played. They were just really good at bad football. So if you got a team that's not playing bad football that Sunday, it's just going it, to, it, you know, they pull, they pull a player or two out of their butts and they'll hit some big ones. And then the same player will be there next week, and he'll drop it, right? Um, there's always something, but they're just good at bad football. And so if they have a, an opponent who is equally bad at football that, that Sunday, yeah, the Raiders are going to win. I don't think the Dolphins are that team. The Dolphins might be bad, but they ain't going to play bad football. They'll do, they'll do enough good things to make the Raiders have to earn it. And if they have to earn it, I don't know if the Raiders are disciplined enough to do it. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, a lot of people say Miami is the team that's going to challenge Buffalo for the division title. So 
they're going to have to win without their starting quarterback. Let's see if they could do it this week. Uh, speaking of the Bills, they're at home. Remember, they lost their season opener uh, at home against Pittsburgh. Then last week they went down and roasted Miami. They got the Washington football team coming in. Um, obviously, Washington's one and one coming off that mini buy and the win against the Giants. I feel like the, you know, the Bills have not been that explosive offensively as they were last year, but they're still, you know, one and one. I, I feel like Buffalo is going to make a statement again this week. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Buffalo, I, I mean, we know that Washington can pressure the passer, but Buffalo can, they can strike that match and get on fire offensively. And by the um, way, I don't, just to follow that thought, Buffalo's got a quarterback that can use his legs and beat you too. And we yeah, saw what Daniel exactly. Jones did, especially when the Giants identified the weaknesses in that on the edge and stuff. If they got the pass rushers blocked yeah. up, Allen could have himself a day. Now, he, he, here's the challenge for uh, Brian Dayball. That's their offense coordinator, right, Dayball? Mm -hmm. He's got to commit to running the football. I mean, he, he loves passing the ball because he's got a guy who can sling it all over the yard. But you've got to commit to running the football uh, in, intentionally so that, that you can get your quarterback doing what he likes to do. Um, if you become one-dimensional, you're going to get your share of plays and you're going to have your share of turnovers and you're going to keep Washington in the game. The one thing Washington can do is play close games. Uh, they know they're not good enough offensively to run away with anything, but in a, in a game that can play close, they can win it. So you've got to be able to, you got to be able to run the football. You got to be intentional about running the football. Even if it's not a lot of yards, that includes your quarterback, getting him moving and getting him in the run game too. <clears throat> but you got to be able to run it and not just line up and say, okay, I got 20 runs and I got 40 passes in the game. You can get 50 passes, but you better have 30 runs. You've got to be able to run the football. And if you do that, you'll win. But Washington, they're the hang-around team. They're the, I don't want to call them a pot shot passing offense because they, they have one of the best route runners in McCurlin. In football, they got a really talented uh, tight end and a running back who can catch it. Uh, but they have a quarterback who is not the most polished passer, but he can make some throws. So you got to be able to run it, get your offense on track, and make them earn it um, on their offensive side of the football. Uh, I think you can agree or would agree that if it's not the best division in football, and I mean literally from the top to the bottom, uh, it's one of the two best divisions football. And I'm talking about the NFC West. So here's Arizona. They're two and oh, they're going to Jacksonville to take on a Cardinals uh, to take on a Jaguars team. That's lost 17 straight games, rookie quarterback. To me, this is one of those maturity kind of games. Are you really ready to be one of the big boys in the NFL? Go out there and take care of business. Go out there. Let, let, don't be stubbing your toe this week. I know it's professional football and everybody gets paid, but Jacksonville's got some issues. To me, this is like, because the really good teams, the perennial winners, they don't stub their toe in this kind of game. 
Arizona's got to prove yeah, that. Yeah, and it's, it, you'd have to stub both. You'd have to pull a Carson Wentz and stub both big toes um, because Jacksonville's just not very good. And you're just too talented. Just the makeup of the Cardinals' offense will get them on track and get them going you know, pretty fast. Uh, defensively, they can pressure the quarterback. And I don't think Jacksonville's doing anything that good uh, at this stage of, of, of this, this regime to even have a chance. If, even, if, even if Arizona is, is uh, average, there's, I don't think Jacksonville can even match their average. I just don't. The regime is early. They got a lot of, lot of changes or improvements they got to make before they're going to be competitive against a team as skillful as Arizona. Um, I feel bad uh, for Zach Wilson, the rookie quarterback for the Jets. And I'm going to tell you about that in a second. But first, I want to remind everybody to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code BESTDAM to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. Here's the promo code BESTDAM. This week, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official betting partner of the NFL. Here's why I feel bad for him. Carolina's got a pretty damn good defense. He had to play them in week one. Then he had to deal with Belichick in week two. Now, undefeated Broncos playing their first home game. Uh, mile high, it's loud, it's the whole deal. And Vic Fangio is a defensive coach. And they got really good defensive players. I think, uh, I think Denver gets to three and zero here this week with a win against the Jets. Yeah, I mean, don't feel bad for Zach Wilson. <laughs> he's got listen. He's got to learn. Millions of reasons uh, not to feel bad for him. Look, he's 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 a top pick in the NFL draft, and these are the things he's got to see in order to get better. Um, Peyton had to go through it. Shorey had to go through it. A lot of top picks, they have to go through this. He's going he's gonna to have even more uh, interceptions. But he's got to learn. This is, this, is, this is the growth process. And, you know, we, we spoke with Coach Sala this preseason. And he talked about this Jet team Gonna, they're gonna play more rookies than any other team in the NFL. So what he's saying to you, without saying it, is that we're gonna have to live with some rookie mistakes. But this is how you get better. You know, it'll click for Zach Wilson. He's just seeing it for the first time. You know, um, he didn't have Alabama on his schedule, and if he had Alabama on his schedule, he only had them once. You know, so he's seeing Alabama. The first time every single week, there's a different schematic that he's got to deal with. Like Fangio and, and Steve Belichick, they don't run the same defense. They're different than what Carolina's defense is. So now he's he's got to figure it out. There's nothing static about NFL defenses. And so as a rookie, your head's spinning because you can't put two plus two together. Uh, right. From one week to the next, it's it's a new equation every single week. So, bro, young fella, 
Um, coaches have got to give him some things that uh, he can do, and they've got to be able to stay in manageable down in distances. That's what it really comes down to when it comes to your young quarterbacks. And then you you increase the field, depth of field, in terms of what they can do throwing the football as they understand more. But you got to be able to manip manipulate a defense uh, into what you need them to do. And the only way you can do that is running, short passes, staying in manageable down in distances. That way he can hit a few shots. Uh, Ravens play at the Lions. Lions have played tough. I like the Ravens in that game. Speaking of um, the Lions, gave the Packers all they can handle. The Packers have only played one good half of football through the first two weeks. Um, they're playing the Niners. Now, they beat the Niners last year in San Fran, but San Fran, when they played them, was battered. Um, are, you, are you buying the Packers right now, or are you still skeptical? Oh, I think the Packers are the um, cream of the crop. I think they are a top team. Uh, there's nothing not to buy about them, but like if they're playing another top team, which, you know, I think the 49ers are going to beat them, but it won't make them any less of a, a, a uh, top tier team. Their goal for me, make it out of the NFC conference championship. Um, they'll lose. I think they're going to lose against um the 49ers. Yeah, so do I. I think the 49ers are gonna the 49ers are gonna press them both sides of the football and on special teams. They're gonna make it a physical game. They're gonna do everything they can to frustrate Aaron Rodgers. Um, and he'll lose. And but it won't make them any less of a contender. It's just that, you know, this these it's just like the Rams in Tampa. Whoever loses that game only means that they lost to a very good football team. Right. Uh, and they're going to see them somewhere down the road because that's playoff caliber football, the teams that are playing these two games. You like the Cowboys? So they don't just see each other again. You like the Cowboys on Monday night at home? Big night. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's getting his Hall of Fame ring. Drew Pearson, Cliff Branch. Um, I mean, uh, Cliff Harris getting their Hall of Fame rings. I like the Cowboys on Monday night. Uh, what they did last week, considering all the guys that were hurt on defense and still won the game, I like Dallas this week. Hopefully they manage the clock better at the end of the game. Um, it's as improved as the Dallas defense is. I think the numbers skew a little bit because of their turnovers. And that counts in terms of how your defense improves. Uh, they've generated a lot of turnovers. I don't know. I think I still see some of the same things that I've seen before. Poor tackling from certain players. Now we've elevated Micah Parsons to the second coming of Charles Haley. Nothing against uh, Parsons. Uh, he got some good pressures in the game. Uh, he did it on one side of the football and couldn't do it on the other because the other, the left tackle was an experienced tackle and he couldn't get any pressure. So he moved him against the weak link, which you should do strategically. Um, let's see if there's some consistency there. I still think uh, Parsons off the ball is, is a nightmare for any offense. 
on the line of scrimmage, we'll see. You know, he's opportunistic. He's a really good player, not taking anything away from him. But I think the Dallas Cowboy defense, not their offense, will be uh, the reason they lose on Monday. Ooh. See, I think the loss of Brandon Graham for Philadelphia is a big one going against that Dallas offense. All right, you got yeah. a final you got a final vent? You got a final no, vent? I got it all out. I'll pump you to see Eli Manning have his jersey retired Sunday. It's going to be I'm fun. I'm excited about that, too. Is he going to throw a football uh, like uh, Sims did? I can't reveal that because I'm part of the MC of the halftime ceremony. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> Let's just say they have something fun planned that I think everybody in attendance and everybody that will be watching on the Giants, all their different platforms, is going to really like. So... I, all I need to know is if Amani Toomer is in town. I know Victor Cruz is probably in town. Um, is Brandon Jacobs and or Amad Bradshaw in town? This could be a multiple choice. I think they're all going to be there. Okay, well, then there's a possibility that he's going to throw it to one of those guys if he decides to throw it. He's going to do something. They got something cooked up. It'll be fun. All right. All right. Listen, uh, what, what do you say? How do, how do we wrap this up? What do you like to say? Tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Make sure you download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Promo code is best. Damn great offers for you. For Carl Banks, I'm Bob Papa. Tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend and so on. We want people watching here on the Papa Bank Show. See you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.